Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Oh, we don't get to do many more of these weekend review pods. That makes Dano sad. Hmm. I think I sounded a little bit like Kristoff uh, doing the voice of Sven the Reindeer for just a moment there. Yeah, you parents know what I'm talking about. That makes Dano sad. This is a terrible start to a podcast, but I don't care. I don't care. This is our third to last. I guess it depends on whether or not I do a weekend review show next Friday and then the very last Friday of the season. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do that last Friday. April the 7th is the last Friday of the regular season. I don't think you guys are going to need me to do a weekend review at that point. I mean, we're talking three games left. You probably would like me to do shows that weekend. You know, maybe I could do that. Let's check the old calendar here, live on the podcast. Dan will go to his family's uh, eye calendar and see what we got going on the weekend of April 7, 8, and 9. Anything? You know what? Not really. All right, maybe we'll do some shows that weekend, just to try to get those last few... Squeeze those last few games in. I don't know. We'll figure it out. No promises, you jerks. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. It is indeed a weekend review show. Maybe it's our last one. I don't know. Probably do one more next week. We'll go through the rest of season ads. The chopping block, which I had to change drops to chopping block because some of these guys are like real close to drops, but not necessarily all the way there. We've got holes. We've got watch lists. And of course, we got the injury stream bucket, which... While we continue to do, again, as sort of a, a, a beginning of the show warning, we're going to continue to try to do, try, when scheduling allows, two shows per weekday right now, where this is your morning edition. We're live on YouTube. We are also available on all recorded podcast distribution sites. And then the afternoon show, when we get a little bit more injury news, we can put together kind of a what to watch for type of board for the evening We'll talk playoff streaming board for the evening. It's just an opportunity to get a little bit deeper into the weeds and not have to rush through all of that stuff the way I feel like we have been lately. And frankly, I feel like I've been talking way faster on the podcasts. And I don't know if that's because we're going live on YouTube. And so I feel like it looks super weird for me to do my usual you know, deep breath between thoughts, sip of water, figure out exactly what is the next thing I want to say. I've been trying to talk through a lot of that stuff, but I think I need to slow myself down a little bit. Do two shows. I don't need a rush. I don't know how much time there's going to be for all of this, but we're going to make it happen. Everybody on YouTube getting to watch me clean my eyes here at the start of the show. You guys get to see what my actual eye color was for a moment there. All right, a throat clear and off we go. I am at Dan Vespers on Twitter, but you guys know that by now. We are largely promo-free these days with the exception of the Fantasy Pass, which has the baseball draft guide in it, and I'll tell you more about that in the middle of the show. Let's dive on in. Rest of season ads. There is no, there's no category right now that perfectly encapsulates the different chunks of players that I want to go over But to call them rest-of-season plays is about the closest thing to it. And the first one on the board is Karis LeVert, who probably 
sort of falls into more of the until he cools off bucket because we do know that this stretch he's on right now, which is an extremely efficient three-point shooting, defensive stat-getting, non-free-throw-ruining iteration of Karis LeVert. That just doesn't last forever. I wish it did, but it doesn't. So roll with it until the wheels come off, which, you know, there's a non-zero chance that the wheels don't come off for the next two weeks. So that becomes rest of season. You know, rest of season just has a different meaning when there's two weeks and a couple of days left in the year to when there's three months left. There was no way I'd call him a rest of season ad two months ago because you know this type of efficiency just isn't going to stick for a 10 weeks in a row. But three, two, three, doable. Russell Westbrook, who we talked about as, I mean, he's really an injury replacement type of play, uh, but we know that Paul George is out for the rest of the regular season Russ is very much not a nine-cat roto play because, you know, as we saw last night, Clippers had a, a blowout win over Oklahoma City yesterday, and Russ, by all accounts, put up a solid fantasy line, but missed some free throws, had a bunch of turnovers. There's just always something that, even on a really good night for Russ, 24 points, seven assists, and a couple of threes and a block, you're not going to complain about that, but there's always something. There's always something that holds him back from 9-cat roto value. 8-cat, he was a big winner yesterday because he wiped out those four turnovers. And then points leagues, he's going to go buck wild here with Paul George out. So I didn't feel like you could go injury stream there when the player is is likely out for the rest of the regular season. You guys might find some fault in that because there might end up being a player in my injury board here coming up that does end up playing for the rest of the season, but... You know, whatever. I made my my cutoff somewhat arbitrary. Just roll with it. Next name on the board, Jonathan Kaminga, who on yesterday's show, I think I called him very close to a rest-of-season ad and then ultimately kind of just left him on the schedule play board. It just feels like he's finally earned Steve Kerr's trust. Now, the problem for Kaminga is that one of the big one of the big reasons that his minutes have bumped here over the last little bit in addition to the the increased trust he's earning you had the game two uh, three games back where Draymond Green was suspended so Kaminga got 30 minutes in that one he played 26 minutes in the other two games and he was pretty solid in those actually and then he got 30 minutes in their most recent win in Dallas because Draymond was in foul trouble There's also this sort of lingering issue of what is his fantasy stat set? We don't really truly know. Over 26 minutes a game, last two weeks, Kaminga's right around the top 100, shooting 62% from the field, 67 at the free throw line, 16 points, four boards, three assists, half a steal, half a block, 1.43 pointers. Is there a universe where the steals and blocks come up for Jonathan? I think I would venture to say maybe. His .6 steals is relatively low. It feels like that's a number that could increase. Over the last week, where his minutes have been a little bit higher, he's at .8 steals and .8 blocks. Is it about playing time, or is it about the ebb and flow of steals and blocks in a smaller sample size? And the truth is, The steals are probably a number that is higher for him when the dust settles. The blocks 
probably in that .6 range does make sense for him in 26 to 28 minutes per game. The rebounds are not going to be that high because Draymond, when he's out there, grabs a lot of them. Looney, when he's out there, grabs a lot of them. And then everybody else is kind of fighting for whatever's left over. The assists are not going to be all that high. I mean, he's got these unbelievable shooters around him, but he's just not that skilled of a passer yet. It's coming along, but not great yet. Field goal percent is going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know about mid-60s, but 50s is fine. And then free throw probably in the 70s instead of the 60s. So we're seeing a reasonable facsimile of what Kaminga's fantasy stat set probably profiles as. If you kind of extrapolate from a few different uh, small sample size chunks. The problem is that we just don't have that much sample of him playing bigger minutes. That's been a much more recent development, and so we don't really know how all of this is going to shake out. But I feel like this is a situation where you you kind of want to get out in front of it, even with only 17 days left in the season or whatever the hell we have left. Is it less than that? No, it's about that, isn't it? Uh, 16, 16, 17 days, something like that. He belongs on rosters. Um, if things break right for him the rest of the way, he could get inside the top 100. And even if they, even if they don't, he sort of fits, he fills uh, the schedule stream role while also having a little bit of built-in upside. And so that's why I left him as a rest-of-season ad, because I think there's there's kind of a little bit of both going on. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Okongwu, Anyika Okongwu. Um, the the timeshare thing is back, which is actually good for him. Because for about a week when Quinn Snyder took over, it seemed like he was trying to shoehorn Clint Capella into more minutes but the Hawks are better when they can sort of bounce between those two dudes. And Okongwu's been awesome lately. His, his numbers, you know, we could do the, like, how high has he been ranked over the last little bit stretch. But he's number 90, roughly, on the season. Last two weeks, he's number 30, shooting 71% from the field, 80 at the free throw line, 13-8 and eight with a steal and almost two blocks per game. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to keep up in 21 minutes per ball game. But his fantasy numbers are terrific and over the course of the year thanks to good health and capella missing some time and just an incredible stat set okongo is actually number 50 by totals on the year it's pretty remarkable stuff he's actually turned into 
I mean, he's he's turned in a terrific fantasy season, despite the fact that there's been some ups and downs along the way. And, you know, there are times where we got annoyed with it. There are times where he gets to go huge, the Capella's out games, where he's basically like a top 30 fantasy play. Uh, but overall, he's been excellent, and he's ending up on some wires, you know? He, he, he was down in the mid-50s in rostership as of like two weeks ago, and that's insane. Competitive leagues, he's probably off the board already, but some of you might not be in hyper-competitive leagues. You have to account for all situations. And then Jalen Duran, who's apparently off the injury report for Detroit. I'm uh, very happy that we'll probably get him back here tonight for one ball game this week, which I know sucks because then he's off for two days. But uh, Roto, he's someone that needs to be on rosters. And then head-to-head, you could make an argument where... It's not a great argument, mind you, because most teams you can still get two games left the rest of this week. But if you're looking towards next week and you're sort of stat-hunting rebounds and defensive stats, he might do enough in one game to beat out a lot of the two-gamers in just those categories, not in other ones, not if you roll it all together. And then Detroit rolls into eight games over their final two weeks. So there's an argument, it's not a great one, as I said, to be made for Duran on the head-to-head side. The argument for Jalen on the Roto side is much more clear he and Wiseman will move back into a bit of a, a center timeshare, although we did see them play together briefly in the game before Duran ended up with whiplash or whatever was going on, cervical strain or soreness or something like that. All right, let's move into the injury streams. We'll go a little bit quicker through the other names on the board. I, w- I like to try to spend a, a, a brief, an extra little chunk of time on the rest of season ads because I think there's uh, a discussion to be had there. The injury streams, I'll just give you the, the streamer and then who they're replacing, so that way you guys can can draw your conclusions based on some of the news that might drop later today. Emmanuel quickly with Jalen Brunson out, although the Knicks are now off until next week, so that's a, a terrible one on the head-to-head side, especially when you figure Brunson has a decent chance to be back with all of these days off. Captain Obvious one, Nick Richards filling in for Mark Williams. He's been awesome. Trey Murphy, who has found a role again. It seemed like he got squeezed out, but he's squeezed back in. Zion is ramping up, so this is a uh, Zion replacement for now. There's just almost no way. I mean, we saw what this team was like at the beginning of the year. There were four games. Literally. Sorry, Pelicans fans. This is this has been a tough go for you. There were four games this year where the Pelicans had the starting lineup that they intended, which is McCollum as the point guard, Herb Jones as the defensive guy, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and JV. That was the starting lineup that they intended. Do we think Trey Murphy might have jumped over Herb Jones? I think the answer is no, because once they have Zion back, they're they're going to just want some more defense out there. They'll save a gunner like a Trey Murphy to go lift the second unit. But do we see Zion? Sounds like he's still two weeks away, which leaves like three days if he comes back at that point. So this may just be rest of season. Denny Avdia in Washington with Bradley Beal sidelined for we don't know how long. Daniel Gafford also in Washington, and that one's because of Kyle Kuzma, which probably deserves about a 20-second explanation. When Kuzma's out, 
Porzingis slides down and gets more power forward minutes. It also helps Denny Avdia, mind you, but he's getting a big bump with Beal out anyway. There's just so much extra playing time, and the best option for the Wizards, if they still want to compete, is they'll go a little bit bigger. Dante DiVincenzo hanging on by a thread in this one. He's losing out to Jonathan Kaminga, who we just talked about a little bit before. It's possible that he falls off of this injury board, but that's due to the Andrew Wiggins absence. TJ McConnell with Tyrese Halliburton out. Don't worry, I have Andrew Nemhard in the watch list board. I just don't trust him on an exact day-to-day. If Halliburton gets ruled out for the rest of the season, which I still don't think is going to happen yet, then maybe you start to see the, okay, well, McConnell's kind of the next person to go sort of deal, but that hasn't happened, at least not yet. Chris Boucher with a bunch of Raptors out. Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. are the two that are out. I think Precious Achua might have missed their last ballgame as well. DeAnthony Melton's been amazing. Uh, Philly has been rotating someone being out for like three or four games in a row, and Melton goes enormous when that happens. Uh, he's He's been a first-round fill-in here over the last week. Trendon Watford with Jeremy Grant sidelined in Portland. That might be a rest-of-season play, depending on how things go. Shaden Sharp with Anthony Simons out. He's been the guy to step into that role. Not Cam Reddish, interestingly, although keep one eye. You know what? I got. I should... I'm going to throw Cam Reddish on the watch list in case Portland continues to, to shut people down, but uh, we'll see. Chris Dunn and Taylor Horton Tucker with Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson out for Utah. It's not really clear which injury has benefited which other person, so we're just kind of going with a two-for-two two here. Ochai Abaji, if Larry Markinen misses some time, which we believe that he will with the uh, actual injury. Bismack Biombo is more of a blocks, rebounds stream. I don't like him as a roto fill-in typically. But, again, we're at a time of the year now where you're stat hunting in almost every format. Austin Reeves with LeBron out. This is almost a rest of season play, but it sounds like LeBron is going to try to get back here for at least a couple of regular season games before what might be a play-in game if the Lakers can hang on there. And then Marvin Bagley is, I mean, he's coming off a gigantic ball game. Jalen Duran coming back is going to squeeze him a little bit, but I still think you can probably play Bagley uh, with Isaiah Stewart out for the season. So again, is this a rest of season ad? Might be, uh, but I felt like it was safer to just put it in this department because it kind of covers my butt in case some other big man rolls in and pushes Marvin, which could very well happen. Chopping block names. Neither of these is a must-drop player yet. I should add this little caveat before I get into it. Slow-mo with Carl Anthony Towns slowly ramping up. It seems like he's still going to have a role, certainly in the short term here. uh, But when Anthony Edwards, maybe that's what I should have put in there. When Anthony Edwards comes back, then maybe this thing turns on its head. And then with Tyus Jones, you know, we know it's coming. The question is, is it the next game? Or is it the one after that? Holds. Hold on tight. Or loosely, if you're a fan of, what was that, 58 Special? Hold on loosely. uh, Or hold on tight. Hold on tight to Cole Anthony. Hold on tight to Devin Vassell. Hold on tight to Zach Collins. Hold on tight to Keldon Johnson. Hold on loosely to Trey Jones. Hold on loosely to Tari Eason. And hold on loosely to John Collins in Atlanta. You may have noticed that the vast majority of the names on the hold board were coming out of San Antonio. Uh, 
Because if you can get three out of every four games for those guys, it's good enough in all formats. If it starts to drop below that, that's when we will loosen our grip. Cole Anthony's a hold because he's just been good enough lately, and now Franz Wagner has a hurt ankle, so that might even become a slightly better scenario for Cole. Tari Eason is a hold-on loosely guy. You're seeing Houston actually trying to win a few games here down the stretch, uh, which means they're going to play lineups that are successful. If he's in them, that's great. If he's not, he could still lose out. But Jay Sean Tate's been out for a couple of ballgames, so that makes the decision a little bit easier there. And then with John Collins, he and Sadiq Bey were kind of battling. And even at the time, it felt like Quinn Snyder trying to make Collins earn his spot. And then he earned it, and so now he's getting to keep it, which is at least the way that looked to me from the outside. Watch list names. Svi Mikhailiuk is a watch list in Charlotte because it's conceivable that nobody plays for Charlotte tonight. It might be Svi and JT Thor, who's also on the watch list, uh, and Nick Richards against the world. I legitimately don't even know who would soak up all the minutes. It could get real weird. It sure feels like it's going to get weird for Charlotte tonight, although maybe you get one of those other guys back in there, like maybe Hayward plays on the back-to-back, or maybe Rogier was precautionary, or Dennis Smith Jr., actually, he came out because of an illness, non-COVID illness, so he might be good enough to go tonight. And if he does, I mean, he'll probably have nine turnovers, but he might also have 22 points, 15 <laughs> rebounds, like 12 assists, and six defensive stats. It could be the Dennis Smith Jr. show if he's the last man standing. But I think you get a bunch out of Svi, you get a bunch out of Thor, uh, but just you know, keep track of who's playing for Charlotte, and that's why those guys are on the watch list, and not more than that necessarily, at least until later on today. That's the kind of stuff that maybe we end up talking about on the second show today. You know, who's in, who's out for the Hornets. If we have that information early enough, we may have some really interesting, you know, late day grabs. Uh, who's next on that board? DeLon Wright. I didn't know where the hell to put DeLon Wright on the, in this, this weekend review breakdown thing because he got cut in a lot of places. So that would have, you know, maybe made him, that puts him here on the watch list. Uh, you know, I tried to hold on to him. So I still have him in like one spot where I was holding out hope that the steals would get kicked back into gear. You know, if Beal misses additional time and then... You know, there's still an outside chance that Monte Morris could get rested in a game here and there. You might see DeLon slot back into a bigger role, and we saw how unbelievably good he was in a slightly larger role. So keep maybe even more than one eye on DeLon Wright, because the sky is the limit for that dude, fantasy-wise. Andrew Nemhart, who I mentioned earlier on the show, is on the watch list. It's really all about confidence with him because we've seen the big lines. He had a big line his last game. Um, we've seen the bad lines. You know, he had a bad line the game before that. He had a couple of big ones. Um, he's been a bit all over the map. He has not had a defensive stat in his last six games combined, which feels like that's... I don't think that's a bug. I don't. I, I just get the feeling that he's not a big defensive stats guy. But with the amount of usage he's had lately, there's a way to kind of overwhelm that a little bit. You know, 25 points, 10 assists, and three three-pointers. Who cares if he has a steal? But two points and six assists, 
the previous game, yeah, you definitely would like a steal or two to kind of buttress against the terrible. 22 points, only two assists the previous ball game. So, you know, he's bouncing around a little bit, uh, makes a lot of sense on the points league side while he's got this big role with Tyrese Halliburton out, so maybe that's why he should have been up in the, the streamer board in points formats. But 9-cat Roto, despite all the huge numbers, you know, his rank is only 190 over the last two weeks. You know, you can't be a goose egg in a few things and expect to still be a 9-cat value. Zeros, steals and blocks, for two straight weeks. That'll kill you. I mean, that's, that's truly brutal. Like, not even one. But, again, points leagues, who cares? Because big points, big assists. And then this whole thing comes crashing down if Halliburton's playing anyway. I threw Patrick Williams on the watch list in case DeMar DeRozan has to miss any time. We've seen Caruso step up. We've seen Patrick Beverly step up. We've seen Patrick Williams step up. It just feels like Williams has the safest fantasy game of those dudes because he gets steals, blocks, and threes and can do it on decent percentages, where with Beverly... It kind of comes and goes a little bit out of the guard spot, and Caruso is almost all steals when he gets in there a little bit more. Uh, and Chicago's still still fighting, so there's sort of no guarantee that any one of those dudes is going to collect all the DeRozan minutes. It just feels like Williams has the clearest path among them. But again, watch list. This isn't a stream. This isn't an ad. This is a, well, let's see how it shakes out kind of moment, and maybe it turns out to be nothing. And then, as you guys heard me do earlier in the show, I put Cam Reddish on the watch list partway through the pod because there's still a chance that he plays his way into doing more in Portland. With Reddish, it might require Damian Lillard to sit down because at that point, they'll be like, all right, dude, just get in there. You know, the rest of these dudes don't really score. We need somebody to go create something, even if you're not a great passer. Like, screw it, figure it out. Uh, I, I would like for it to happen because we saw for about one week that Reddish could translate to fantasy value because of the decent steals, but we ain't there yet based on the last few ball games, and that is why he's on the watch list. So again, now, uh, and I forgot to take a break in the middle of the, the all these breakdowns to remind you guys to go get a fantasy pass for, for $5.99 a month or get the wager pass. Those guys are destroying sports books right now. Crazy. And you can follow Ethos Wagering if you want to see all the information. They track every single play, and you get all of the handicappers rolled into one package for just $14.99 a month. But again, if you're playing fantasy, if you're about to segue into baseball, you got to get the Fantasy Pass. Just get on the Fantasy Pass. It's $5.99 a month. That's crazy cheap. You also get the rest of the NBA season premium. So you get the pickups of the night. Uh, you get premium access in Discord. You get the schedule grid, the streaming charts, projections, all that kind of cool stuff. And then you also get the baseball draft guide. And it powers our locomotive here at Sports Ethos. So please do check that out. Go to sportsethos.com, click on the premium tab, and choose... Get premium, and you can feel free to ask me or Joe Orico questions about it at all. Ethos Fantasy BB is the baseball fantasy tweet, 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 tweeter here at uh, at Sports Ethos. There was something else that I was going to mention, and now I can't remember what it was. So we'll just go ahead and wrap up show number one for today. This was week in review. 
on our show later on today. We will look through the entire weekend. We'll do the 30-team weekend preview. We'll do some uh, playoff schedule stream stuff that loops around into first thing next week as well. Uh, And we'll also talk about some of these injury streams that we discussed on this morning show and how they translate into the action tonight based on who's in and who's out and what kind of info we get on that. That will Yesterday we did that show, I think, around 2 o'clock Pacific time. Um, We'll try to go just the tiniest bit earlier than that today we'll see how timing shakes out i you know yesterday we had all the crazy stuff going on with kids home on on due to the strike that is over today um the nanny will do a carpool pickup today so my schedule opens up just a little bit uh but stay tuned we're kind of settling into a rhythm right now thanks for listening to all of the shows again if you're hanging out with us live please like and subscribe and stay after for the Q&A after the show, that's something that I really hope drives people from the recorded side over to the live YouTube audience, which is I am answering questions in the chat room after every show right now. I'm like an idiot, but I'm doing it. So until later today, later. Later.